Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Behold, I am doing a new thing. That's the message of Easter. So with that, I say happy Easter, friends, and welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning as we celebrate resurrection life in Christ Jesus. Uh, My name is Jared. I get to serve on staff here as the campus pastor of the East Rockingham campus. Uh, Our vision here at the Church of the Nazarene is that we are one church in multiple locations. And so right now at 1871 Boyers Road there in Harrisonburg, uh, our church family, your church family is meeting and we're diving into God's word together and doing all the cool stuff that we do on Easter. And the kids are doing their Easter egg hunt thing and their lessons this morning. Uh, But we're doing it together as one church. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to my wife and my daughter. I brought, got a picture here, uh, my wife Ashley and my daughter Eliza. Uh, now, we have family portraits and things that I could have used, but I, I chose this picture specifically because there's a story here. Now, if you've been around preachers at all, you know everything's got a story, right? Like nothing's a 30-second conversation. But within this story, th- this is a chapter for us. You see, this, we took this picture the day that we cleaned out our rental house as we settled into our new home here in Elkton. And this past year, it's been a crazy and good adventure. The last few months, we've been working on a house that God brought to us, doing some remodel and paint and different things. And throughout this process, our daughter Eliza, she, anytime we were talking about the new home, new house, Eliza, where are we going? New home new home. And I mean, she, her, her poor kids, Harbor teachers, they heard about new home all the time. But in this reality, she was so excited about new home. Anytime we were working there, she wanted to go, she wanted to be present, uh, and she would just mill around and do her thing at new home. And it, she was so consumed and so fascinated by this idea of new home that the day we moved, the day we left this house here in the picture, she went to school from this house, and she returned home from school to the new house, and she never missed a beat in that transition. She was captivated by the idea of something new. And through that process, it's just reminding me that even from a very young age, we like new. We like new things. We just can't help it. There's something about us that enjoys new. I mean, you think about this, an Amazon box that you know what's in it, and you paid for it, still generates some excitement when you find it on your porch that evening from work, right? Like, there's just something about us we're drawn to new. In our Easter series, All Things New is based on this idea that we not only like new, but we desperately need new. And that new that we need, that we're longing for, is available to us through literal new life in Christ Jesus, the resurrected Lord, the King of Kings, 
the Lord of Lords. And, and the offer of new that he extends to us is an offer that no Amazon box will ever satisfy. You see, Jesus in his life, he touches the deep longings within our hearts for the things that we see, the longing of our heart for things to be different in our world, the things that surround us every day. He satisfies that longing for hope that we all have. He satisfies the need for joy and peace. And in Christ Jesus and his redemption narrative, he satisfies that deep longing we have as creation, as people, to be a part of something more than ourselves. That's the new we need. That's the new life we find in Christ Jesus. And that's what we celebrate today on Resurrection Sunday. It's good news, friends. All things new. As we begin today, I'd love to ask you a question. Now, it's not a hard one. You don't have to answer it correctly to get out of here today. But it's an important question. Why are you here? Why are you here? Like, I'm so grateful that you're here. People have been praying. We've been anticipating. We're celebrating together. I mean, we got Krispy Kreme and Blue Elk coffee like it doesn't get any better than that. But why are you here today? Why are you here today? Maybe, maybe it's to celebrate. Maybe it's to remember this historic, this trajectory-changing day in the course of history in the resurrection. Maybe today you're here because somebody made you come. Your goal in being here today is to get one person, potentially nagging person, off your back. Right? More than a few of us have been there. Maybe today it's, it's just what you always do. There's something within your rhythms, within your heart that just says, I need to be present on Easter. Maybe you're here because you figured, why not? Maybe you've tried everything else. Maybe you're just in a season of desperation, a season where you need something new, and you thought, why not? What do I have to lose by worshiping on Easter? What if today, that no matter what your response was, no matter what you're thinking as to why you're here, what if I told you it was not an accident? What if you were here today Because the resurrected Son of God, Jesus Christ, wants you to know. He wants you to hear. He wants you to know that there is something new, that there is even new life available to you right now. He wants you to know that yesterday's failures don't have to keep you chained down today. There is new life available What if today God wanted to do something new in your heart? What if today God wanted to do something new in your life? Would you let him? Would you invite him to do what only he can do in your life? Would you embrace him in that place? Why are you here this morning? As we step into our teaching text today, we're going to be in John chapter 20. And as John is unpacking the resurrection for us, as we step into our text in verse 11, we're going to find Mary Magdalene approaching the tomb of Jesus. Now, chronologically, we're three days after Jesus' death and burial uh, there following Good Friday. And she's approaching the tomb thinking, understandably, that it was over, 
that all that was left now was the old way of things, the old order of death won again. But Mary encounters something entirely new this first Easter morning. If you would turn with me to John chapter 20, we're going to begin in verse 11 and read through verse 18. If you would, if you're able, can we stand for the reading of God's word today? John chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. It says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Can, can we just pause right there for just a minute? Think about this scene. Think about the grief, the thoughts running through her mind, her friend, her savior. She's thinking is lying dead, but is gone. If you've maybe heard Psalm 23 before, maybe Mary is in what David called the valley of the shadow of death in these moments. But that's where the story begins for us today. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look inside the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? Interesting question, right? She said, they have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was him. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if if you've carried him away, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And in that moment, that's all it took. That's all it took for her faith to be restored and hope to come alive. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned around him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go, go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. In verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Would you pray with me this morning as we continue to unpack God's word? Lord, we thank you today for your word. Uh, We pray that as we unpack it today that you would help us to humble our hearts before you, that we would step into the story of resurrection life that you have made available for us today. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. There is no doubt as we read John chapter 20 that Jesus was dead and Jesus is now alive. He has been resurrected. Something new has broken onto the scene in the story. John chapter 20, this text is one of the most powerful evidences all of Scripture of Jesus' resurrection, of his once and for all defeat to usher in a new way. And friends, that's the message of Easter. That's what we celebrate here today, that Jesus conquered death so that we might experience new life. Yes, today, but forever. He has brought about new life. And Scripture tells us that the wages of sin, what we earn living apart from God, living apart from his will, is death. So so that on our own, we are helpless, we're hopeless, and we are somehow bound to this old way of things, the way of death, the old order 
the way that is ruled by guilt and shame and fear and anxiety, desperation or bitterness. But thankfully, the story doesn't leave us there. Because you see, the scriptures go on to say the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's what the resurrection says. Behold, I am doing a new thing. The resurrection today means we aren't bound to the old way. We aren't limited by the past. We don't have to settle for what we see around us as all there is. Because death no longer has the victory. Sin no longer has the power. Because the victory that Jesus wrought on the cross and affirmed in his resurrection says that there is a new way available for you and for me. Within this Easter story that we're unpacking this morning, there's so much newness in and through Christ Jesus that Mary, Jesus' close friend, doesn't quite recognize him. There's something a little bit different. And at first, Mary thinks he's the gardener. Now, now we got to just pause here and say, instead of saying, you know, man, what was, what's up with Mary in that moment? We got to remember, she went here to visit a grave. She was going to see the place where he was laid. She didn't know that Jesus was alive yet. and In fact, she was quite certain he was dead. She had witnessed it just a few days before. She was going in those moments to prepare the body of Jesus with more spices and more ointments for burial because in the haste of getting him to the tomb and trying to observe uh, the Sabbath, they didn't quite get all they wanted to do. So she's going back to make sure that they have adorned Jesus' body the best they can. And so for Mary, that first Easter morning, if you would have asked her, why are you here? That's what she would have said. I'm going to tend to the body of my Savior. She wasn't anticipating him to be alive. She didn't see it coming, and in fact, no one did. For her, that first Easter morning, there seemed to be no reason for hope. There seemed to be no reason for joy or no reason for peace. There only seemed in those moments to be reasons to weep for what she thought was lost. I think perhaps in these moments, Mary was most afraid. She was most broken over the fear that the old life was all that was left. Today, friends, maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe today you can resonate with that feeling of how she felt in those moments that the old way, the way things have always been, is the only way they can be. But see, as we continue in our story for Mary, all of that misunderstanding, all of that fear, all of that grief changed in an instant when Jesus spoke her name. She came face to face with a resurrected Jesus. And friends, the beauty of today, the beauty of grace that has brought your story here is that this can be your story today in Christ. You don't have to live in the old way of things. He says, behold, I am making all things new. Friends, the new is here today. The new is here you know, in Mary's story, if we would rewind a little bit, we would see that this was not the first time that Jesus had spoken her name. When we're first introduced to Mary in the Gospels, she's a woman with a story. She's, yes, a woman even with a past. 
She's mentioned in Luke's gospel account as being one of the women who supported Jesus' ministry out of her means. But before she met Jesus, she had some pretty significant troubles. Some serious heartbreak and pain and grief. And scripture even tells us that Jesus had healed her of seven demons. That's a pretty significant troubled past. Before encountering Jesus, the world may have called Mary many things. It may have looked at her and thought, broken, hopeless, crazy, dirty, maybe worthless. But you know what? All that changed the moment that Jesus called her name. The moment that he looked at her and said, you are mine. What would that moment look like? What would that feel like for all of the old way, the old order of the past to be gone in an instant? While we don't know exactly how that looked for Mary, I think this video might help us get a little bit of an idea of that moment for her. I don't know what else I can do to help you. Give me that. Lots of it. That's not going to solve your problems. It's meant to distract from them. No more preaching. Just give it to me. Lilith, please listen to what I'm says the Lord who created you and he who formed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name.
what would it look like today in your story for Jesus to speak your name? What would that mean for you in these moments? Imagine that for just a minute, your name. How would your story be different today? Because Jesus spoke your name. Jesus doesn't speak your past. He doesn't speak your mistakes. He calls you by name. What would that change for you today? What is the old order that would fleet in a moment because you encounter Jesus today? The truth is, friends, Jesus is calling your name today. That's why you're here. Grace has got you to this moment. And Jesus is calling your name and inviting you to experience all things new in him. You see, Jesus loves us so much that that he doesn't wait for us to get it all together. Boy, we try that, don't we? You see, he doesn't wait for us to get it all together, to clean ourselves up, or even to completely understand all the details before he extends us the invitation to new life. The Bible says in in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were apart from him, while we hadn't got everything together, while we didn't totally understand, Christ died for us. In Jesus, God made the first move towards giving you new life, and he's speaking your name today, friends. Jesus didn't want anything to come between you and him. He wants and desires intimacy, closeness. Nothing has to separate you from him. Not your past, not your present. Nothing has to separate you from the love of God. The world may even say all kinds of things about you and your story where you're coming from today. Maybe you've even bought into those lies of the enemy Those lies that say things like depressed or anxious or broken or worthless or unworthy, they don't sound like words of life, do they? They sound like descriptors of the old way, the way of death. But just as we saw in our text earlier, the resurrected Lord is calling you by name. The resurrected Lord, Christ Jesus, is inviting you to new life today. You're not a stranger to him. He knows your name, and he's calling you. What would that look like? What would that feel like in your story today? Would that feel like reconciliation or forgiveness? A sense of belonging Maybe that would be freedom from guilt or shame. Maybe it's freedom from the past mistakes. Maybe it's a purpose, a cause greater than yourself to leverage your life for. What would that call look like today? What would the new feel like today? For a man named Michael Joyner, new life 
looked a little bit like this. It's a pretty phenomenal feeling. On stage, and I tell this joke, and all these people laugh, like 400 people. They wanted me to get him a two weeks notice. I was like, your boss, two weeks from now, you're gonna notice I ain't been here in two weeks. Strangers, black people, white people, women, kids, I have them all laughing. My son looks at me out of nowhere, and he just said to me, Dad, I wanna be a doctor. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Then he said, or a dinosaur. I understood, this is what I'm gonna do. My name is Michael Jr. I'm gonna do some jokes. But they're not gonna start right away. As I started pursuing doing comedy, I'm having some success in the Midwest and I feel like I need to test my skills in New York City. Because in New York, if you're not funny, the way they let you know is they say something like, you're not funny. So I moved to New York. So now I'm in New York and I'm all about seeing what I can do to get my comedy career going. And the clubs in New York are really hard to get into. I finally got my chance to perform, and right before I go on stage, this comedian named George Wallace walks in. Now, George Wallace, I love him. Here's the problem, though. When someone like George Wallace walks in, whoever's next automatically gets bumped. The manager's walking over, and he says, Michael, listen, George Wallace is here. Would you like to go on before him or after him? I'm going before George Wallace. I do my comedy set, and I've got New Yorkers laughing. And then George Wallace starts to laugh. And then he comes over to me, and he says to me, you know, you're really funny. And he invites me to do a show with him and his best friend. I get to the club, and he tells me his best friend is Jerry Seinfeld. So here I am. I'm about to hit the stage with George Wallace and Jerry Seinfeld. My uncle was really cheap. Man, he was cheap. He bought me an action figure, right? That's what he said it was. I opened up the box, and it's empty. He talking about, that's Invisible Man. <laughs> I played with it for like two weeks, man. And I lost it. I do two shows, and I get two standing ovations. I rip. Things are starting to happen for me in New York. There's still a sense of there has to be more. I'm funny. I can make a room of a thousand people laugh. And then what? Am I only here to, to make people laugh? We go on in our pleasures, thinking they're going to last forever. But they don't. I really thought that I was a good person. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't do any of those things. And it gave me a false sense of, of me being okay. The truth is, is, I was just as lost as the person who was using drugs every day. I had tried so many things the way that I wanted to do it, 
I knew there had to be a better way. I walk into this church, and this guy's up on stage, and he's talking about Jesus. I said, he's just talking about Jesus. He's not screaming. He's not angry. He's not yelling. He don't got no perm. He don't got no towel. He, he just, he's just talking about this guy named Jesus in a way that I can understand. Life was bigger than just me. It's so not just about me and what I can get. So I told myself I'd read the whole Bible. And I remember getting to the part in Matthew where it explained that Jesus died for me. I am 27 years old at this point. I didn't know. I didn't know. I started realizing how lost I really was. So I just simply said to God, I'm sorry, I messed up. And I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And when I did that, this peace came over me that I'm not gonna even try to explain it to you. I didn't know where I would be the next day, but I knew what I was going to be aiming for. I was gonna be aiming for whatever Jesus wanted me to do. That's really the only thing that, that mattered. Friends, that's the power of Easter today. As the band makes their way forward. Today, Easter Sunday, is the proclamation that Jesus is alive. He has paid the debt of your sin, making atonement for you, making a way for you to be forgiven, to experience new life and freedom. And today, if you'll place your faith in him, if you'll repent, if you'll turn away from that old order of things, that old life, the old way that has been binding you down, if you will turn from those things and turn to him, in faith you will have new life today. Today. You can be brought into the family of God, a new creation in Christ Jesus. What the Lord did for Jesus that first Resurrection Sunday is the town payment that we can experience, that we can live into now. And we have the hope that one day, resurrection is going to take shape for all of creation. And we will live with him forever and ever. Friend, today Jesus knows your name. He's calling your name. How will you respond today? How will you respond? This morning, I'm going to request a response from every single person in the room. So everybody's included today. Maybe today you're here and you've never known what it is to have new life in Christ. You've never confessed Him as Lord. Today, I'm going to invite you to speak the name of Jesus in prayer this morning. To receive him, to receive new life. And, and that prayer can be as simple as this. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you and I want you to make me new. I want to come home. Friends, if you would like to receive new life today, 
that can be your prayer. Jesus is calling your name. Maybe today, maybe today you're a believer in him. But there's an area of your life, there's, there's something weighing you down. The old order has seemed to creep its way back in. And you need him to make you new. To fill you with his presence. And continue the work of resurrection life in your heart. You can ask him today to continue his work of making you new. Today, maybe you don't find yourself in any one of those two camps. Well, here's your response. Praise the name of Jesus. Worship Him, though as your life depends on it. No excuses. So that in today, no matter where we find ourselves, there's a way we can respond. And so as the band plays, I invite you today to welcome Jesus to respond to speak his name and be made new and today I invite you to worship him the resurrected Lord thank you so much for listening today you can email us at info at c-o-t-n-a-z dot org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.